Welcome to Nobody Told Me That, your source for candid business talk and stories. Your host is speaker and author Teresa Duncan. Sit back, buckle up, and hang on. We're back for another episode of Nobody Told Me That. I'm Teresa Duncan, and we have Kevin Henry here on the line. Kevin, what's up? Hey, how are you? Good to hear your voice. Uh, thank you. I am good. I have Griffin behind me snoring very loudly, so I hope that that doesn't make it into the recording, but you never know. Uh, and you have the the lovely Henry clan visiting from out of town. Is that correct? Yes. The, the parents came in from Tulsa. I live north of Denver. And, you know, we discovered, uh, and I've been keeping this a surprise to my dad, that part of Christmas Vacation, you know, the Chevy Chase movie that everybody loves mm-hmm. in the holidays, Part of that was filmed in Breckenridge, about two hours from me. So yesterday we went and took a picture of my dad in the Walmart where part of that movie was filmed, and he was, like, super happy. Yeah, so <laughs> it's the little things in life. I'm just telling you. you know? It really is the little things. But you know what? Who are we to say? I mean, if that makes him happy, that's fine. <laughs> you, know, like we, you know, we put a bag of old Roy in his cart, and he smiled and gave me the real nice, you know, like Cousin Eddie, and he was thrilled. So it's all good. <laughs> now, it, I know that your mom is always keeping track of what you're doing, um, the, the lovely Ruth Ellen, but uh, does your dad pay attention to what you do out on the road? Like, is he is he saying, hey, you know, how was that uh, meeting you just went to? How, it, does that happen? You still talk about teeth? You know, I mean, that's, that's basically it. Now, they are going to actually hear me speak for the first time in late October in Oklahoma City, which is about an hour and a half from where they live. And they are like super excited that that's actually going to happen. Uh, that's that's going to be kind of cool because I, I think they kind of get, you know, what we do mm-hmm. and, and who our audience is and everything. But I think it's really going to kind of open their eyes to like, oh, OK, now I get it. So it's going to be. Interesting. Do you trust him to not be in the back going, that's my boy? Oh, I actually I don't trust him in the back to snore. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> you know, anything. So. But, you know, I, I always talk about my family in uh, in my presentation, so I may have to, you know, edit that just a little bit with some of the comments I usually make. So we'll That's see. funny. Yeah, my dad seen me speak once, maybe twice, and, and you know, he was like, well, that's, that, that's not bad. And, <laughs> and my mom's still, still really, I don't think she understands what it is I do. She knows I leave for a little bit, and then I come back. That's, that's pretty much it. I remember when my grand before my grandmother passed away, she had watched a webinar. I feel so bad for her because my gosh, if you're not in dentistry, watching one of my webinars is like, like what the heck? <laughs> but she, uh, I remember she said, "Oh, it's teeth. You're all about teeth. I get it." <laughs> and I wasn't even talking about teeth. I think I was talking about insurance. Surprisingly, so. It'll definitely be interesting. You know, I, I have a feeling that I'm going to be able to fall on my face and I'll still be like, that was the best thing I've ever heard, you know? So <laughs> I'll always have that kind of audience. Hey. Obviously we won't be there to, to see it, but if, you know, for your obituary or not obituary, your, um, what is that called? Eulogy. Nice word. There you go. Sorry. I couldn't think of it. And so imagine having to ask one of your childhood friends or, you know, one of your distant cousins to add, to give you a eulogy of what you did. And that's when you're going to really realize that people have no clue what we do. Yeah. Yeah. I remember going back to our reunion, you know, last year it was my uh, 25th and yeah, it's like, what do you do? You know? And yeah, they just kind of walked away. It's like, I'm going to go get more chips. And then you never saw them again. So it was fine. 
Well, and it's fine, though, honestly, because once you tell them that you're in dental, like immediately they start pulling their cheek back and they want to show you like the gross stuff. And I mean, what do they want me to do, Kevin? Do they want me to work on their tooth right then and there? Like, what if I grab like a fork and just started taking care of that root canal tooth? Like, I just don't understand some people. (laughs) Facebook Live that you've got to put out there. That's what I should do. I should go to my reunion, which... Oh my gosh. I think I'm at what? 30th reunion, maybe 20th reunion. It's awful (laughs) for all you youngsters listening. And you're like, wow, I haven't even had my fifth reunion. It happens really, really fast. (laughs) Turn into dirt like us. That's exactly what happens. I'm telling you. So Kevin, have you been to a reunion? Yeah. You know, I was actually just in my 30th. I thought it was my 25th. And then I counted back. I was like, oh crap, it was 30. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's even worse. Uh, yeah. And, and you know, it's funny because you, you talk to people and, and they're friends with you on Facebook. So they see you traveling all over the place. And you're like, oh, you were just in Orlando. Did you check out the new, uh, you know, avatar thing? And I was like, uh, no, I saw the inside of my hotel room though. And that was really cool. You know, <laughs> so it's, it's not the glamorous life. And you try to explain that and then they walk off and, you know, get, get more chips and that that's really not it so because they realize that you know you're probably just as as boring as you were back then and i feel i say that for me too you know like i was no i was no like <laughs> like seriously interesting person and they probably are thinking oh she's on the road all the time no i'm still pretty boring <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but i'm okay being boring you know if this is what if this is what boring is i'm good with that so. absolutely yeah there i see um a little uh, messages here and there flying around about our next reunion because i graduated in 89 which I know for some people are like, I wasn't even born. So, so, and so our um, big reunion is coming up and I'm just, I'm not feeling it. And honestly, yeah. for the last couple, because it's been every five years, last couple times I've been out of town. So I haven't even been able to go. So I, I just make peace with the fact that, you know, if, if I don't see you on Facebook and I don't communicate, then it is what it is. Well, and, and somehow living 10 hours away from my old hometown, I have fallen in the trap the last two times being the organizer of the reunion. So I'm not oh, sure how man. that works. That yeah. Sucks. I'm not sure how that works out. Yeah. But, and I wasn't even like class president or anything. I'm like what the heck, but were, were you anything? Were you like, were you voted no. into anything? Yeah. Me neither. <laughs> I, I tried to be a student council president. I don't, I don't want to talk about that. Oh, sorry. Still All right. Bitter. Still very bitter. <laughs> so, yeah. so no, no best dress, no most likely to be president, nothing like that. Most likely to talk to dental assistants on a regular basis. I won that, so go figure, you know. <laughs> you know, that's funny. I, my yearbook doesn't have that category. That's so weird. It must be an Oklahoma thing. That's yeah, all it I must be. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was none of the, I, I think what do they call those, the superlatives? Yes. I was never any of that. And, and I always, you know, was like, wow, everybody's so much more popular than I am. And, and then you go to college and you realize you don't keep in touch with any of these people. And then when you get out of college, you realize you don't keep in touch with any of those people. <laughs> See, you and I would have hung out in high school together. See, that's a cool thing. to think. Yeah, about. that's true. That's We probably would have. There would probably have been a, a, a nerd table. And I, th- I don't think I'm ashamed <laughs> to say that we would both be at the nerd table. Um, Trust me. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, you know, we, we just came back from a, a great trip down to uh, Utah, Salt Lake City. Oh, excuse my coffee maker who is re- telling me it's time to make another pot. 
(laughs) (laughs) We just got back from Utah and we were down there as guests of Henry Schein for their um, key opinion leader, their KOL retreat that they do every two years. And um, as usual, they knocked it out of the park. They treat us really well. And, And really, it's not just about like sucking up to us or whatever. They really bring us in to like find out what we think and to get our opinions on all of these different things. And um, I thought it was pretty cool because I got pulled aside a couple different times, you know, about insurance and about, you know, how they could change things around. And I've already got uh, an email, you know, wanting to follow up with that and kind of go forward with it. And I just, I think that's awesome for a company to, to continually realize that they don't need other people to help them out with this stuff. Like they can't just sit in a silo and create all of these programs and hope that people use them. So, but I noticed you were up to the side talking a lot about mm-hmm. assistance as well. I, you were doing business. Echoing what you said, you know, they get that when they bring, you know, 20 or 25 of us to this one place that they're going to pick our brains and that we actually like to have our brains picked because each of us has a certain passion. And of course, you know, I know you're, you're so big on the insurance and, and so known for that. And, you know, and I love to make sure that the assistants are taken care of. And, you know, it was interesting talking to them about how assistants use practice management software, mm-hmm. you know, and some of the things that we talked about, I think they were a little surprised about. So, but yeah, it, it was a great event. It was great to obviously be with you and so many of our other friends who were there in Utah with us, you know, a good couple of days. And thank you, Henry Shine One, for bringing us in. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much. The one thing about what I really loved seeing, again, this is why we sit at the, the nerd table. They do uh, heat maps, following people around, like when they do a screen share or when they're sitting there observing, they watch how people click around on the screen and where they go to. And it was really funny. Well, not in a, well, funny, I guess, not really haha funny, but interesting to see how many wasted clicks and mouse movements people make in the software. And then they try to change that around so to make it more efficient. And I just know as much as assistance, I mean, as much as my tribe is on the computer, your assistants are as well. And I'm, I'm really, I was really stunned. They had a heat map of somebody doing charting and that's, yeah. of course, your assistants are the ones who would be doing that. And they were just, I mean, the mouse was flying. Were you impressed by that? One thing that I walked away and, and was talking to to Dana, my, my wife, Dana Johnson, I was talking to her, you know, and I said, it would be so cool, I think, to do some kind of like efficiency and keystrokes and mouse movements almost, you know, because after that, and you know, you and I saw the same thing about how much wasted motion that there is sometimes, uh, you know, and how something that takes seven minutes should only take three, you know, or whatever it might be. I, I And so I was like, man, maybe we ought to look into something like that and just the efficiency side of it. Yeah. I agree. I agree. There was also a real interesting piece about the perio charting and how many different modules there are in that. And, you know, your assistants, I just want to ask, are your assistants doing a lot of perio charting or are they... I mean, is that something that, because you always assume that the hygienists are the ones doing the most perio charting, but in my experience, it's really the assistants doing most of it. Yeah. And, you know, and, and it brings up the whole assisted hygiene thing, of course, and, and how some practices are doing that now. Uh, you know, I'd say, and, and, you know, I think that one thing that always surprises people is how different every dental practice mm-hmm. is. You know, everybody thinks that they're just, well, it's a dental practice. No, they're all different in how they do things and how they run things. So I'm seeing more assistants do it, but I still don't think it's the majority, to be honest yeah. with you. I really yeah. don't. Well, and so it was funny, though, looking around the room at all of the different consultants that were there. And some of us, we've known we've known a lot of them for, for many, many years. And then there were some new faces, which is always nice to see. But it really was striking me how many different personality types were in that room. 
And then you and I continued the conversation about personality types when we did another podcast for the webinar we just did. And by the way, we just do a webinar on fees and and what are the top dental codes and what are their fees and how do you price yourself and all that kind of stuff, like the trends regarding those fees. And I'll stick a link to that recording in the show notes. And you can also find it on both of our websites. But as far as the personality types go, we were talking about the differences with assistants and hygienists, and we just kind of got off on a tangent. But I just was really looking around the room. You see a lot of people who are type. I would guess D's, meaning eminent personalities. What do you think? Oh, definitely. You know, I mean, we started talking about high school, you know, a few minutes ago, and it's kind of, it was kind of like that, you know, because there's still the people who hang out together. There's the people who love to have their voice heard and make sure that they're heard, you know, and that they're the star of the show. And there's some of us who just sit back and kind of mumble under our breath about those people. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's... I'm just saying, uh, it, it's but it's it's very interesting to me uh, because you're right. Anytime that you get a group of people together, and I don't care if it's a dental practice, if it's a class reunion, if it's at a meeting like we were at, you know, different personality types come out. You know, sometimes there there are a lot of people who those high D's, you know, like you were just mentioning, who are very uh, outspoken, very firm on their beliefs, and that they're right you know, that often puts off those people who are in the other personality type. Either they pull back or they think their opinion isn't as wise or they shouldn't say anything or they're going to get crushed. And that's what happens, I I know, and you see it as well in a dental practice. Sure, sure. And um, I know you and uh, David Rice, who is the owner of Ignite DDS and uh, is your partner with Ignite DA, right? Is that correct? He's your partner or is he? It is. Okay. Okay. So I know he talks a lot about DISC and you talk a lot about DISC. I don't necessarily talk a lot about DISC, but I do recognize that there's patient types there. Correct me if I'm wrong here. D is for dominant, right? That's what that is. It's, it's not, it's not being a dick. Like that's not. No, it's not. It's not, you know, I, and I always tease my wife because her name's Dana and I always say you can't spell Dana without a D. (laughs) You know, because that that's definitely her personality type. Uh, David does a really good job in his presentation. He puts up four pictures for the DISC, and it really helps me kind of get down what those personality types are. So the D, and putting all politics mm-hmm. aside here, okay, the D is, mm-hmm. is Donald Trump. The I is uh, and Lady I Gaga. is intuitive, right? Yeah, intuitive. You know, they like to be seen. They like to, you know, be the star, the the center of attention, but without being, you know, so forceful with their their thoughts. You know, we love the people who dance around and shoot videos of themselves <laughs> dancing around and everything else. The S uh, is uh, one of the ladies from The Big Bang Theory. Uh, the and I can't think of her name at the moment. She plays Sheldon's oh, uh, wife okay. now, I guess, in, in The Big Bang. You know, and, and they're much more scientific, analytical. You know, thoughtful. And then there's the C that is compassionate and, and really feelings first. Oh. And he has a picture of Garth Brooks on there. He's actually done some work with Garth. And he says that he's very, and you wouldn't think this from all his shows, but he's very reserved, very shy. He's the guy who's not going to get in the middle of a conversation. He's going to stand over and, and keep eating at the food table while everybody else is talking. You know, which I'm like, I don't picture that, but okay. But, you know, that always helped me kind of think because you can think about those four people and it, it helps me picture at least kind of the personalities that go along with them. So S is for, um, st- is it steadfast? Is it steadfast? Is that what that is? Well, kind of scientific, analytical, steadfast. Okay. Yeah. You know, and. And yeah. then C you know, is it, it really, conscientiousness, right? Conscientious, compassionate. Uh, yes, absolutely. And you are what type? I am actually a C. Uh, I am. And and I know, again, that may be 
hard for some to believe, but I've, I've always been one of those. I want everybody to get along. You know, I want to make sure that we're, we're all working together on a common solution rather than one person leading the charge and everybody else falling in line. Uh, you know, so that's always been my personality type. So, you know, it's interesting in our house with the D and the C uh-huh. coming together, you know, that, that make it makes for some interesting conversations sometimes. And, and both of us kind of taking a deep breath and going, you know, here's what I was saying, <laughs> you know, so. Uh, like you have to remind yourself, you? right? Yeah, you do. How about you? So uh, I was a, I was a very high D um, when okay. I first started out of my career and I, of course, had Noah. And, you know, they always say children change everything. Well, in this case, he changed my personality because I just realized I couldn't control everything. And there's nothing better to remind you that you can't control everything than having a kid, as you know. Yeah. So I, I retested because we were working with a consultant this whole time. And I retested I maybe at two years after I had Noah and I was a high I after that. Oh, so I had really dropped in the D and gone up in the I and, and my S and C is like almost negligible. So I <laughs> guess I am truly Lady Gaga dancing around. I guess that's that's what makes me happy. I, I have never tried that. Maybe didn't maybe insurance will land better if I'm actually doing a dance and twerking and doing all that kind of stuff. What do you think? If you come down from the ceiling on a trapeze with a spotlight on you, I think that would catch the crowd's attention. If I I come down from the ceiling on a trapeze. You better call OSHA because something's going wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) but yeah, so the different personality types in the office, it's always interesting when I was in office consulting and, you know, I still do the one day trainings and I, it's, I can see this stuff like immediately. I can see that as soon as I walk in and sometimes even in the emails that come over ahead of time, you know, because there's always one that wants to warn me or wants to give me a heads up. Um, And and that just, you know, although that does not necessarily mean that they're a bad person, it just means that they are really wanting to get sort of have some control over that situation. So that tells me they're a little bit of a D there. But when you have these clinical team members, you know, what clinical team members usually test in the S and the C, is that correct? Or am I, is my stuff outdated? No, you're right. And, you know, and you and Dana both worked at the front Mm -hmm. desk. Uh, You know, I know you were an assistant for a little bit, but I, I think that D personality type lends itself to to the front desk, whereas the clinical, you know, a lot of the assistants that I talk to are S's and C's, you know, they're caring about their patients, they're wanting to make sure that their patients get in, you know, tomorrow, no matter what the schedule looks like. So yeah, and, and obviously, that right there causes conflict, you know, because you've got two different personality types, while they may be trying to help the patient. And solve the same problem. They're both coming at it from a completely different perspective and communicating it sure. in a completely different way as well. And that's where the heads start budding. Well, and you had said something interesting, which I may incorporate into my fearless financial presentations course, is that you, you watch who the patient really resonates with. Yeah. And, and do you, want yeah, to, yeah. you want to talk about that? Yeah. And you mentioned David. Uh, David Rice and I are going to be launching a series on personality types and how they incorporate themselves into the practice and how they make a difference in the bottom line. Uh, and, you know, and you can reach out to me at kevin.henry at igniteda.net uh, if you want more information. Uh, but David talks in, in part of his presentation about how that he makes sure they note in the in the clinical chart even, you know, where you're talking about, you know, the places where you have, you know, if this patient's married, do they have kids? Did they just go on a vacation to Aruba? You know, all that stuff. They also mark in there what they believe this patient's personality type to be. And a lot of times they will try to match up the team member 
who may have that same personality type to talk to the patient about some of those more difficult conversations, you know, the financing or the treatment acceptance or whatever it might be. And he says that he's really seen that that's made a world of difference uh, as far as patients being much more easily or feel much more at ease communicating their their wants or needs. And I thought that was pretty fascinating because it's it seems so simple and yet it's something I was like, oh my gosh, why aren't more practices doing that? Oh, that's, it's super simple and super intuitive. And you're right. I didn't think of that either. When I was in the office, I had one patient who we just did not jive. We just, I mean, so it was known that when Joe came into the office that I, you know, Teresa's not going to take this one. And we always discuss that at the morning meeting. In fact, Teresa would just stay out of the area. And there were other ones. There was this lady, I don't mean to say, keep using Joe, but she acted, her name actually was Joanne. Um, this lady's name is Joanne and, and she resonated really well with me. And so I was the one who pretty much whenever Joanne came in, you know, they wanted to, I needed to make sure I at least showed my face or she would come find me somewhere in the office. And when we needed to talk about treatment with her, of course, you know, I went in and talked to it and it was like the quickest treatment plan presentation ever. So yeah, so you do, you should pick out the people who are resonating with your patients and then see about maybe assigning them, maybe make that your point of contact. I I think, you know, and, and we probably do it subconsciously. We may not even think about it, but turning that into a practice like David is talking about, I think is... That's smart. I mean, I I just never thought to do it. It just kind of happened organically. Yeah. And again, it's one of those things that it doesn't take a lot of time. You know, you can pick up on, you know, if people are always looking at their watch, if they're in a hurry, are they demanding? Are they pretty much laid back? You know, and whatever goes, man, it's all good. You know, I mean, you can pick up on personality types. So it doesn't take a lot of intuition or work to, to put something like that in the chart. And then again, you know, it's not it's not a weakness that that I'm like I am and Teresa, you're like you are and Dana's like who she is and Norman's like who he uh-huh. is. You know, that, that's just who we are. But why not use it to the best of our abilities, you know, in our in our business? I think it makes perfect sense. I agree. I agree. And, and personality types. I mean, there's so much behind it. There's there's so much science behind it. You can't just kind of go poo poo. You know, it doesn't doesn't yeah. work out. There are so many tests, though. I mean, I know you guys like the disc. I've, I think I was certified for like a hot second for Forte, but I I didn't keep that up. Forte, I really like because when you, they actually give you over the thousands of tests they've administered, they give you a profile of the position you're hiring for. So they'll give you what an ideal practice manager, you know, what their traits are, what their, their leanings are and all of that. And then when you go and interview, you would have this person take the test and you'd see just how close to what your ideal manager is. And I think that's, that's pretty smart. That's getting more into how corporate America does their hiring, which is really one of my biggest pet peeves in the dental industry is that we, we treat hiring as an afterthought. We treat it as a, almost like a pain in the ass type thing. Whereas, you know, in corporate America, we really do get people hired and we do it, you know, over a period of time, we do it after passing so many benchmarks. And and I think one of the reasons our workforce in dentistry is not as stellar as it could be is because we're very lazy hirers. That's even a word. Lazy employers, I guess, is a better word for that. Forte's out there. Disc is out there. Um, I think, does David do the disc? Does he administer that? Yeah. yeah. There's another one and, and uh, Dana really likes this one. It's called the Kiersey Temperament Sortal. KPS. Really? I've never heard of that. Yeah. yeah, I hadn't heard of that either until she started talking about it. But apparently it's one that they used in their dental practice quite a bit in conjunction with their hiring uh, up in uh, upstate Washington. So I, 
I thought that was pretty fascinating. I haven't done anything with that yet, but apparently it really prints out like a long list of here's what you are and here's why you are who you are. So say it so, again, and I'll I'll definitely link it in the – what is it again? Kiersey? Kiersey, uh, K-I-E-R-S-E-Y, I believe, temperament sorter. Sorter? K-T-S. Oh, like, a, like Harry Potter with a hat. Exactly. See? There you go. Okay. So speaking of Harry Potter, because my husband is such a big Harry Potter geek, I am, I did not say what his personality type is. And and I just, I have to share this because Norman is his own animal. It cracks me up. I remember when I took the disc test and I was so excited. I was like, oh, honey, you got to take this too. And we got to find out, you know, what we are and if we're compatible. Meanwhile, we've been married for how many years, right? So, <laughs> so he takes it and he's like, you know, grumpy the whole time because he's like, I can't believe I'm taking this one because I love you. And it comes back that he's a, he's a D, which surprised neither of us. And he goes, all right. And he goes, I could have told you that without taking the test. <laughs> That's awesome. Is that not a total D response? <laughs> that is great. Yeah, that is actually. You're right. I don't think That's I don't funny. think he's changed. I think he's still a, a total D personality type. Maybe he's probably softened a little bit because Noah just has that effect on us. But yeah, it was pretty funny to hear. Yeah, well, that's what I thought I was going to be. So there. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was it. So so as far as personality yeah. test cases go, or I'm sorry, personality types, you know, when we were thinking about that, when we were talking about that on, on our last podcast, it popped into my mind that there's a couple keywords that we hear when we're working with other people that kind of trigger us. And and I wanted to go over that because I, and I'm 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 springing this on you, I know I am. But I was thinking, gosh, with all these personality types, there's gotta be certain keywords that totally just set you off, like make you go a little bit crazy. And I know for me it was, you know, hearing that the hygienist had everything ready to go and that I was upsetting her schedule by adding somebody in or, you know, and the assistant too. So it was almost like everything's set. You can't change the schedule. But as a, as a front office person, that's what I do. <laughs> I change the schedule. And, and I just remember hearing pushback from hygienists and, and assistants that would be like, you can't do that. You can't do that. And it would just drive me insane because I was trying to squeeze the patient in. But now I realize being so far out of it that I really was screwing up their day. So how, how many times do you hear about the rogue office manager like myself that's just screwing everything up? Well, and I also hear about the rogue hygienist or assistant as well, you know, in the scheduling, you know, uh, we do the, the three most common battles between the back and the front. And that's always the first one that we talk about is the mm. schedule. And, and it's so funny because every time that I bring that up, I, there's so many heads that nod or people leaning over and kind of nudging each other. Like, uh-huh. see, you know, and so, so I, I think it's really fascinating. And again, I think it goes back to people take ownership of that schedule. It's my schedule. This is my patient, you know, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's certainly, yeah, it causes a lot of friction in the practice. And I've I've seen it firsthand, you know, and you have too, obviously. Well, yeah, and I was obviously the cause of that, you know, for some of them. So I'd like to apologize to those, those hygienists and assistants <laughs> that I screwed over during those years, except for those two. And you know who you are. I do not apologize. To you. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. petty. I'm so sorry. It's because I haven't had enough coffee yet. You're just throwing it out there. You're just, just, you know, manifesting into the universe. But you okay. know what? They know who they are. So... <laughs> Oh yeah, yes, they do. It, Can you imagine if they're listening to this? I'm so sorry. Don't listen to me anymore. <laughs> if people who don't like you are listening to your podcast, that's when you know you have a darn you good know, podcast. That's, right that's there. so true. So, I, I have to listen to your voice just to get that information. <laughs> 
Jeez. There was one other thing that I used to hear that would just would drive me up a wall. And I think this is across the board. When we would hire a new person to come in and we're training them, if they said, well, that's not how we did it in our office. That's not, if they said that one time I'll let you go. But if you say that more than twice in the first hour, I'm done. I'm just, I'm just done because you should be coming in wanting to know how we do it in this office not how you're used to doing it. You know, when you change jobs, that's the expectation. You got to come with a blank slate. You can't walk into a job and expect them to cater to what you're used to. Oh, it used to drive me insane. Talk about looking through the windshield instead of the rear view mirror. That's a perfect example of it. You know, and you get hung up on the past. And I'm like, guys, you know, it's the future, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and a lot that I hear, that's not my job. You know, that's the one that I hear sets a lot of people off around around uh, dental practices. You know, the, the hygienist may leave something thinking that, that she's maybe too good to, to do that, you know, and, and just expects the assistant, oh, oh girl, oh, oh girl, girl, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and, 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 oh, yeah, I've heard so many stories about that. So those are the words that I hear uh, coming off. But, yeah, there are certain phrases that I think just elevate the tension level in any practice. I um. I I know there were certain jobs that we all didn't like, like it was really well known that I hated taking out the trash and it wasn't because I think like I take out the trash here at the house. So it's not a big deal, but I hated it because the dumpster that we had to take it to was like all the way across the parking lot. And, you know, I usually had uncomfortable shoes on because I was up front and stupid and wearing little pumps and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) So I always hated taking the trash out. People hated keeping the bathroom clean, like, you know, making sure the toilet paper was stocked up, um, the soap and all of that kind of stuff. So we kind of came to an agreement that, you know, look, if I don't have to take out the trash, I'll take care of the bathrooms. And that was okay. So I didn't get the reputation that, you know, well, she won't take out the trash. There were definitely times when when you would see people walk by the Biosonic more times than they needed to because they knew there was a big batch in there or, you know, if it was time for them to be the one who ordered lunch for the meeting, you know, they'd wait till the last minute and finally somebody would have to, in exasperation, order it. We wouldn't get, you know, we wouldn't get lunch. So there's a lot of stuff like that um, that happens in the office where you're just kind of pushing it aside. But, but yeah, hearing is not my job. First of all, whenever I, I hear a manager say that this is what's going on in the office, my first thought is to give the employee the benefit of the doubt. So, you know, I'll say, do they know what their job is? What is their job description? Do they have a job description? And if the answer is they've got a job description, they're just bitching, then yeah, let's let's talk about how we turn that around. But, you know, I, I think honestly, there's just a lot of that in the offices, just a lot of bitching going on left and right. And it's people, right? Isn't that people? It is. You know, and, and again, I think it gets back to the personality types. You know, and there are some people, and you can think of them right offhand, that you uh-huh. don't get along with, just like me. And we know to avoid those people. But whenever you're in a space of five, six, seven employees, that's not as easy to do. I, I think that it's something that you've got to at least get out in the open and say, okay, look, we're not getting along because we view things differently. So where's that common ground where we can come together and learn that we've got to not only get through the day, but we actually have to enjoy mm-hmm. it a little bit, you know, and what, where do we find that common ground? I have to give props to people like um, Judy Kay and Lois Banta and Jenny Hegarty because they put together, they do retreats with teams or, or full day sessions with teams and and they pretty much turn the culture around and the they get everybody kind of in on the same page and I just I couldn't do it I would never be able to do that I would just probably sit there with a big chart 
and say, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. Okay. Everybody got their roles. Let's go break. You know, <laughs> but, but I will also guess that none of those three people that you just mentioned are D's. No, you know, I would, I, I would, I, if yeah, they're yeah. not high eyes, I'll, I'll eat my hat. I don't even wear a hat. <laughs> I was going, that's not much of a bet. Hey, come on. I know. Oh, geez. Poor Norman. This is the part where he edits out and goes, geez, there she goes again. All right. So sorry, Norman. (laughs) But yeah, they they really know how to connect with people and and get the motivations behind them. Whereas, you know, this is where some of the D comes in for me. I just want people to do their jobs. But as time goes on and as I age as a manager, I realize you got to get to the crux of the problem. You got to get to the motivation. And let's just talk about that for a second, because what I hear often from doctors is, well, their only motivation is money. I don't, I don't think I buy that. Let me just preface. I know people need to get paid. I get that, especially in our industry, you know, a lot, I know way too many of the employees in dentistry are paycheck to paycheck. I know that, but I still will put forth that, it is not about the money for most of the people out there. What do you think? It's not. You know, I, I often will do something in my talks to assistants and I'll say, okay, show of hands. Would you rather have a big paycheck and a lot of stress or a little paycheck and a low amount of stress every day at your job? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you would think, oh, well, I want the money. No, it's not the case. People would rather actually enjoy their day and not go home and have to unload on their spouse or their significant other for an hour, you know, about Patty the hygienist. They would much rather enjoy what they do and the people that they work with. And so that that's a huge misconception out there. I think you're exactly right. It's not about the money. Sure, that's nice. But that's not the motivating factor for so many of these people who work in this industry. Yeah, I, I talk to a lot of doctors, especially more startup, still connected with them in a, in a lot of different ways. And what I hear is, you know, I can't afford a good st- team member. And I'll say, you know, sp- to the ones that are actually personable, I'll say, look, you obviously care about your practice. You you care about hiring somebody. You, I can tell you're going to have a good work environment. Don't worry about that so much offer what you can afford. Don't break the bank. And and what really kills me is sometimes when, when a new office will overpay because they feel they have to for this person. And, yeah. and so, you know, the, here's the nobody told me that lesson on that is that if you overpay for somebody in the beginning, anytime they don't deliver, which, you know, people don't operate at 100% all the time. Anytime they don't deliver, right. you're going to resent it. And that's going to build and build and build. And you're going to start thinking, well, she's not worth the money I'm paying or he didn't, you know, live up to expectations. And I just have n- not seen it too often where somebody overpays because they're stressed. They need to have somebody in the door and they, you know, they think this is the best they're going to get. That's really never worked out well. Well, it goes back to what you said a few moments ago about the hiring processes and how so often you and I both see dental practices who hire on knee jerk reaction or they have to have a heartbeat in there Mm -hmm. right now, you know, just a warm body, you know, and that doesn't work well for anybody. Uh, You know, so often it's not a good fit for the team or that person who's coming. Yeah. In in fact, yeah, the warm body theory does not, that is not a good way to hire. That's not the warm body method. (laughs) 
I need to stick that in my next management class. Are you just a warm body hire? I mean, it, it's it's sad yeah. to see, but I but I get it. I mean, I used to be the manager that was freaking out that we didn't have it staffed, and as the manager, I was the one that had to do it all. You know, especially in a small office, if the assist if we didn't have an assistant, guess who was assisting all day long and then staying late to file all the claims and you know collecting co-payments on the fly, and it's it's not pleasant. But at the same time, you hire somebody else. And, and they turn out to be the devil. It's hard to get rid of that person. It's it's hard. And that's sure good motivation right there. You know, the fact that you're not going to have to do that anymore and you need. But again, it's motivating enough to know that you don't want to have to be doing it again in three weeks when that person walks out the door because they're not a good mm-hmm. fit. I, I get that completely. I'm excited about uh, you and David doing this um, personality types. Uh, I'd like to hear more about that. So when you got that rocking and rolling, let's talk about it to reach out to David. I, I haven't had him on this podcast and I really don't know why, because it's not like we don't talk. He would, he would love to do it. Your lovely bride too. I have to have her on. I'm going to just send her an invitation after this. Um, oh man. Okay, well, we just, we've been meaning to, and it just doesn't happen. I know she's probably like, well, you know, Dana with the high D is probably sitting there going, she should have me on. Why doesn't she have me on? <laughs> <laughs> well, she has been stewing about that, but, you know, we'll talk about that after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so we'll do that. Um, so I just, I wanted to share some interesting news. I, so I saw two snippets of news that I want to talk about, because we're always looking at the industry and what's happening in the industry. And I will say that one thing that you and I found very interesting at the shine meeting, you know, we both kind of did that, that double raised eyebrow at each other is um, they mentioned having to keep an eye on Amazon in the marketplace. And I thought, wait, I thought, you know, Amazon was not something that Shine and Patterson and Benko were concerned with, but it was interesting to hear that that they were keeping an eye on that. And I, I mean, there's no way that they're not. So, were you were, your eyebrow? Yeah. Did your eyebrow oh, yeah. be different, or was it the same? <laughs> no, we, we. I mean, I know you and I looked at each other like, oh, interesting, you know. And and you're right. We've both heard, you know, oh, you know, that's that's not going to be a disruptor. Oh, that's not going to be a big deal. And it's very obvious that behind closed doors, it is a big deal to the mm-hmm. dealers. And and again, with this next generation of of dental team members and dentists coming in, that they're used to the Amazon Prime one click, you know, and be be done. Uh, it is something they should be keeping an eye on. There's no question about it. Yeah. So so I was reading more about, um, and this is not new news. It's newish. Is Amazon bought PillPack? Uh, have you heard about this purchase at all? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I've actually been talking to mom and dad saying that this might be something good for them to get into. Well, absolutely. I mean, it really is. It's it's good for the consumer is is what it is. And so for those of you that don't know, PillPack um, basically takes medication orders and organizes it and then delivers it to the consumers, which is, you know, if you have an elderly parent or grandparent, you've seen that uh, we talked about this before, the lazy Susan of medication that's on their kitchen table, you know, and just like, and I, you know, I hate to say it, but between the Advil and the ibuprofen, um, but the um, Benadryl and all that, we're starting in the vitamin C, we're starting to get that little medication deal <laughs> on ours. It's starting to get bad. But part of our weekly ritual with our grandparents was we would sit down and we would lay out all of their pills for the next week so that they wouldn't, you know, they'd take their medication on time. And, and it also becomes more problematic if the dementia sets in, the forgetfulness sets in, you know, so this is, this is really 
smart. I mean, pill pack in itself was a very smart concept, you know, a good product. So, so for Amazon to buy it, and then it's, it's got already the, the delivery method, right? So that's already set in there. Pharmaceutical companies are going to have to talk to Amazon more and, and try to get this out. But this is, you know, like people like Walgreens and CVS who are typical pharmacies, they're, they're a little bit worried about this because this now takes them out of the equation, really. So yeah, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, you know, they, they, and they should be worried about it. You know, and again, I think this is one of those disrupting things that, you know, it's like an Uber. It's, you know, so many different things that we've seen come in and people go, oh, people will never go for that. And all of a sudden it changes how things are done. And this pill pack is fascinating to me because I, I think it could be so helpful for so many people. Uh, you know, like you were like you were talking about grandparents and parents alike. And, and one of these days, God forbid, it's going to be us. But I, I do think that it's something that is going to make a, it's going to make an impact and it's going to be one of those things that people are going to blink and all of a sudden it'll be part of our daily life. I, I think so. It just is, you know, Amazon really entering into the marketplace, not just for supplies, but just in healthcare in general is probably one of the smartest strategic moves that I've seen from a company. I mean, it's the, first of all, how do you avoid the healthcare market? It's, it's the biggest industry going. Right. And and right. so how do you avoid that? But now we're seeing CVS and, and Walgreens is starting to up their game. I mean, CVS is offering, you know, deuce delivery times now. And so it's going to really affect first how fast we get our medication. You know, they're probably going to have to drive the pricing down on that. And there was some new legislation that was just introduced. They're pretty much firing uh, drug manufacturers in the ads to put up some transparency and pricing, which they have not had to do. So if that passes, we're going to not only see those, you know, really fast talking people on the, the ads, but we're going to also see some prices being put up there, which I, I kind of think is is how it needs to go. Because as you know, as many people know, there is such a swing in pricing for pharmaceuticals, depending on generic, depending on, you know, what income level you're in. It's It's worse than any PPO out there. You really don't know what price you're paying. You're right. Absolutely. And, and I remember going to um, the first time after Norman switched jobs and we got this Aetna pharmacy benefit, you know, I had been spending probably $200 a month on my prescription medication. And every time, every time I go through the drive through and pick up my medication and she tells me there's no copayment, I just can't believe it. I just, yeah. I just cannot believe it. So I, it, it'll be very interesting to see how that, that goes. The second piece of news. Oh, actually, sorry. Let me circle back to this. When we were down at um, the Shine event, one of the gentlemen who was taking uh, the shuttle down into the town worked for, he wasn't part of the Shine group. He was just there on vacation. He worked for, um, or I'm sorry, he owned his own a pill manufacturing company. So wow. he was saying that Amazon buying PillPack pretty much, I mean, he had retired, but pretty much puts a lot of his colleagues out of business because they're the ones who are making the bottles. They're the ones who are doing all of the packaging, foil packs and all that kind of stuff. And uh, he said that's so it's putting a, a whole segment of the healthcare industry in jeopardy because it's, they're just such a behemoth. It's very, very interesting to hear the, the ripple effects that go on through the industry. Yeah. And that's a disruptor effect that we've talked about, you know, and people don't realize that often. But there are so many changes that are happening behind the scenes. And, and you're right. I think it's a smart move for Amazon to come into this. I know that people are wondering what, how it's going to look like, what, what form it's going to take, how it's going to change things. And I think a lot of people are going to not know even the changes that are happening behind the scenes until all of a sudden it's it's time and they're unveiled it's gonna yeah. be very interesting 
Well, and, and honestly, you know, if you're a 30 year old um, dental office manager or dental assistant listening to this podcast, unless you've got parents who are, you know, getting to that point, you're you're not paying attention to this kind of stuff. But all of a sudden, when your elderly parent needs help, then you pay attention. I, I mean, you and I are both getting to that point where we really need to start watching this stuff. So so I was really, really fascinated by Best Buy. So did you know that Best Buy is in the senior living space? Did you know that? Oh, oh tell me. Yeah, this is interesting. So they, they actually um, had launched a program last year and it's, it's telehealth stuff. So this is, you know, this could this could impact us uh, if, you know, if they expand it. But basically, because they have all of these mobile devices and the ability to go set up and all that, I, I guess the Geek Squad is involved. I'm not sure. Probably a different crew. But they are um, working with seniors who are live at home and then also in, in some assisted living um, facilities. They're setting up the telecommunications between the seniors and the doctors and the seniors and their family. So, you know, they've got the phones, they've got the the programming, they've got, you know, the things that you wear around your neck, the the per, the personal like emergency devices and all of that. Yeah. They they have been in that space for about a year. They're planning on buying a, another company and I forget the name, but it's um it's in Minnesota, but it's another company that does basically the same thing. So they're expanding that platform so that they can have more of the senior market. And this is part of their strategy. So you would think Best Buy, that's where you go, where I go to buy my CDs. That's where I go to buy well, nobody listens to CDs. See how old I am already. So that's where you go to get your phone. That's where you go to get your, you know, Call of Duty, whatever. Best Buy is not known for being in the healthcare space, but here they are in a space that's huge, hugely open for this type of adaption. Yeah. So I, I am just, I, I am, or I'm sorry, adaptation. I, I am surprised, first of all, that I didn't see this coming at all. Just really impressed with Best Buy looking to see, you know, where they can go in this makes me want to look up their stock a little bit because that really just impressed me. And, and they are, you know, partnering with, with ARP, AARP, and they're, they're talking to the telemedicine associations. I mean, they are, they're getting in there. So Best Buy might be a healthcare force in the future um, that we need to pay attention to. What do you think of that, Kevin? Great example. If somebody had an idea, they're at Best Buy and they're like, hey, let's look into that. You know, and it seemed far-fetched at the start. And now it makes such perfect sense. Mm-hmm. I think that it's a great example of, you know, think outside the box. You know, that proverbial box that we always talk about, you know, in your business, in your practice. You know, what are the things that are going to make you stand out? What are the things that are going to make your business different than the one down the street? And don't be afraid to suggest some of these things, you know, and and, and for those of you who are, let's say, younger than Teresa and I are, you know, you're going to have a whole different perspective on technology and what can really change the game as far as your practice goes, you know, mm-hmm. and and how you're going to reach your contemporaries. You know, I think that this is a brilliant move by Best Buy, you know, just like PillPack. I mean, we've talked about two things that are going on. Maybe we don't know about because we're not in that space or we're not at that age. But absolutely, they're both going to change the game. And and these are ideas that somebody had that they weren't afraid to suggest them. And, and that's, to me, what always stands out. Well, it, the, you know, using technology intended for one audience 
and moving it to a different audience is always it's always surprising to me because I you know you just think that you should think this stuff up before it happens but you never do right I, I never do yeah. and then when it happens you go whoa I should have thought of that like people using baby <laughs> monitor cameras and all of that stuff to watch their dogs at home yeah Are you- we, we know somebody like that oh yeah I, I'll just out her Miss Rita Zamora loves to watch her dog at home and also Anastasia and David love to watch their dog at home but you know Winnie is the beautiful Winnie and Gibbs is the very handsome Gibbs and who wouldn't want to watch those dogs so I am this close to setting up a camera so that I can see Griffin and Odie while I'm on the road this is what I want now I'm thinking you know as my parents get older why wouldn't I have some cameras in their house you know they don't do anything exciting anyways let's be honest right like why wouldn't I have cameras in their house you know so that I can see that they're they're okay i mean it will be the most boring watching ever i mean they'll just be sitting watching tv or doing crossword puzzles but i can at least feel good that that there's some movement in the in the house and so perhaps that maybe i am best buy's new customer because that Uh is something that i'm thinking about now well you know and a friend of mine was telling me that she bought an alexa for her parents Simply for the same reason that you have those life monitors that you used to wear around your neck Mm. is that they could call and if they needed something, Alexa could help them get that. And I, and again, I thought that makes sense. I had never thought about it that way, but of course it's going to help. They could say, Alexa, or I don't want to say it because I'm going to wake mine up too. Like, (laughs) um, girl, call 911. Uh, Like you could do that. Apparently you can, and and I have not tested this, so you all may be going, you can't do that. But that's why she bought it is that you can say, hey, that girl, call for help. I've fallen. Uh, oh, hey, that no. girl, call, call, uh, call Kevin, you know, yeah. uh, uh, you know, even if you're not near your phone. So I, again, I thought that was pretty. No, that's actually, that's brilliant because, you know, my mom is, is. I mean, I worry, I worry all the time about her. So, and she's, she's 20, 30 minutes away and your, your parents are further away. Oh yeah. 10 hours by car, you know? So yeah, it's, and and it's something that, you know, I realize whenever they're here, you know, and we, and we never like to think about it, but they're getting older, you know, and, and they're having more issues. And if I'm not that close, yeah, I want, you know, and me being an only child and you being an only child, you know, you, that's, you want to make sure that they're okay and you can do everything you can to make sure they're okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. So now, so now I'm thinking we need to go buy that girls for my, my parents. I kind of had that thought, honestly, you know, and of course I think my dad thinks it's a Russian conspiracy still, but you know, I, you know, if if I could convince them, you know, it would be a good thing. Uh, you know, I, and that's part of the reason why we don't have a doggy camera yet. I'm, I'm sure Norman thinks that, you know, I'll, we'll be spied upon by really boring people. I don't know who wants to spy on me sitting on my laptop all day, but there's somebody in ISIS right now. It's going, this is the gig I got. Come on. So, you know. She's going to do something eventually. I just know it. Oh, there she goes. Oh, another diet Coke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's it so sorry folks um all right yeah. kevin so we have we have run the gamut today we talked personality types and you know what i know every time we get on this call we say let's make it 30 minutes and then she, here we are. yeah never happens no. <laughs> so okay so we will leave show notes about the personality types about the best buy thing and the the pill pack thing all those things that we talked about and uh, also links to uh kevin's website so that you can sign up to find out about that personality 
curriculum when it comes out. And of course, hopefully you'll have connected with all of us uh, across all of our social medias. And, you know, it's been a while since I've done that, but I might dump all our social media in there as well, just so people are, are up to it. So, uh, Kevin, you will be back for another episode, I'm hoping. I, I hope I'm asked to be back. That'd of course, be great. Of course. Tell your lovely bride she will be getting an email. <laughs> I will. I'll say from one to another. There you it's go. Coming. So, so you uh, go. Tell, tell your D that, that the I will be reaching out. So. <laughs> All right, everyone. So until the next episode, thank you so much for listening to Nobody Told Me That. Subscribe to this podcast so you'll get our next candid discussion. Visit Teresa's website, odysseymgmt.com. That's odysseymgmt.com for more information on Teresa's courses, books, and speaking schedule. Subscribe to her newsletter while you're there. Don't say we didn't tell you that. 